desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Now, the whole idea of babies and growth, well, it's a given. Everybody wants to see the baby grow. Anything that will hinder the growth of the child is sure to be a bad thing. Everything is done in the family. Everything is done to nurture and to feed that child that it will develop, grow healthy and strong. There is, of course, ever a debate about feeding babies milk. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and it's a great joy to be on the air again to bring the gospel. And I trust that the Lord will draw near and speak to your heart as we come to 1 Peter 2.2, desiring the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And this is a command. This is something every Christian ought to do with their Bible, with prayer, with church fellowship, that we may dig into the scriptures of truth and grow and keep on growing. Firstly, let me come to our question today on why become a Christian. Because you need the cross of Calvary. The cross was designed by God for sinners. Once you realize you sinned against a holy God, you need the cross. It is God's way of bridging the vast gulf between God's holiness and man's sinfulness. Both are polar extremes. The one delivers us from sin. The other destroys us by sin. God is so holy that he cannot look upon sin, and man is so sinful that he cannot even begin to make himself holy. God's holiness is higher than the heavens, while man's sinfulness will take him to the deepest hell. At the cross, the Lord Jesus took upon him the task of reconciliation. He became the sinner's substitute to bear the guilt of sin and bear it away from the sight of God's holy eyes. That demanded the sacrifice of the Lord's body on that tree at Calvary. He went there as the Lamb of God. He was our Lamb standing in our stead, taking our guilty and suffering in our place. God's wrath against sin fell on him. God's complete eternal punishment against man's sin was discharged upon his head so that there is no more wrath against the sin of Christians. Through the cross there is mercy for guilty souls. Through the cross there is peace with God. And through the cross there is eternal life instead of eternal death. This is because God in mercy allowed sin to be paid for vicariously. The power of Jesus' blood was atoning. It makes God to be at one with men. It means that a thrice holy God looks upon blood-washed sinners with delight and not with wrath. All this is possible because our sins were led on Jesus, and he paid the price of sin in full. There is no other religion in the world that deals with sin in this gospel manner. In most religions, sin is either denied or treated as a problem on the human horizontal level, a sort of curse man to man, and not as an offense to a holy God or the vertical. But when you realize sin deserves the wrath of God, 
Then you see sin as a huge problem, which required a mighty Savior to save your soul from guilt. It is then that you need to see the cross is God's answer to sin. Now you can go to the cross and hide from the wrath of God and know that you're justified freely from all things. The cross is the answer. Make sure you go to the cross by faith and ask the Lord to save you from your sins. Yes, you need the cross, but you must go to Calvary by faith and say, Lord, wash me from my sins. Save me by the cross or I die. The hymn writer wrote these words, Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Was it for crimes that I had done? He groaned upon the tree, amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. Well might the sun in darkness hide and shut his glories in when Christ the mighty Maker died for man the creature's sin. Thus might I hide my blushing face while Calvary's cross appears, dissolve my heart in thankfulness and melt mine eyes to tears. But drops of grief can ne'er repay the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. Well, thank you for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak today. Let's just bow in prayer, and we'll ask the Lord to lead us to faith in the cross of Calvary. Father, we thank Thee for the privilege of prayer today that we can bring all our burdens and cares to Thee. And we know that the greatest burden in the world for a man or woman to carry is the burden of sin. And I pray today that you will in grace meet the need of each and every heart and that you will call men and women to the cross, there to be washed, to be saved, to be born again by the grace of God. We pray earnestly that the victory of Calvary will be the portion of each hearer, that you will give faith in what Jesus accomplished by his own precious blood when he led down his life as a sacrifice for sin. Lord, lift the burden, lift the awful guilt that hangs upon many today, and grant that they will be liberated and find the peace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now hear us and bless us, we ask for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, again, thank you for joining with us here and being a part of our program. We're coming now to our message, and it's on 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. And the message is on desiring the sincere milk of God's Word. Right, we're back at First uh, Peter chapter 2, and we're going to look at these first few verses. And as we had our verse in the bulletin, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that ye may grow thereby. Have you ever been in a mall food court where they are passing out food samples on a little um, matchstick or whatever, a uh, little food stick that they give it out on? And of course, they just give you one bite 
That's it. One tiny little bite. And of course, the attempt is that they will lure you in for the full meal deal, and uh, thereby they really uh, make their seals. So it is courting uh, people to come and buy food in the food court. And it works. It works so often. And they give, I don't know how many dishes of food per day they would give out, but it is just that little taste, that little taste. Now, I want you to notice Peter's words, if ye have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, if you've tasted that he's gracious. In this world, we only get a little taste of the mighty, abundant, Sweetness of the Savior, just a little taste, but it's enough to keep us coming back that we desire the sincere milk of the Word. Now, I want you to read this verse 2. Uh, there's two ways of reading this. You can attach the statement as newborn babes to verse 1. Or you can attach the statement as newborn babes to the rest of the statement, verse 2. And I think both are proper, and we're going to need to see it both ways. You will notice the imperative command in this verse, as newborn babes, pause, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Now, the whole idea of babies and growth, well, it's a given. Everybody wants to see the baby grow. Anything that will hinder the growth of the child is sure to be a bad thing. Everything is done in the family. Everything is done to nurture and to feed that child that it will develop, grow healthy and strong. There is, of course, ever a debate about feeding babies milk. I read an article once where if people give cow's milk to children, don't be surprised if your children turn out to be little animals. So you have to be careful about what kind of milk you feed them. In China recently, uh, there were many cases where people were adding melamine paint to the milk to give the appearance of a higher fat content, or at least maintaining the fat content, and therefore many, many children got very sick, and some even died from it. And so we are exhorted here in this verse, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk, which means the pure, unadulterated, untampered with milk. And then there's another de debate about feeding babies. When do you introduce solid food to them? Just ask my mom. She has all kinds of theories about doing that. And yet she raised babies very successfully, I have to say. We all grew. And uh, we certainly got out of our childhood, no problem. Now this is applied to newborn Christians. Peter is writing to many new converts. Now the letters to us. Some of us are not new converts here tonight. Some are. Some are relatively young, uh, we could say baby Christians. 
And we are all to desire this milk of the Word. And so we learn that the Christian and the Bible really is, is as inseparable as babies and milk. And if you are born again, as we read here in 1 Peter 1, 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible, the Word of God, if you've been born again by the Holy Spirit through the Word, you will now desire the sincere milk of God's Word. And the right use and feeding on God's Word is the essential to the newborn Christian, and indeed to every Christian. I want to look at this three ways tonight. Firstly, there is the testimony of desiring the Word. That's your testimony. That makes you a Bible Christian. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word. That's your testimony. Then we want to see the sanctifying power of this Word, and we're going to latch, we're going to attach this statement to verse 1, which talks about those five bad things that we have to lay aside. Malice, guile, hypocrisies, envies, evil speakings. Uh, did I miss one? As newborn babes, put those things aside. Then the third thing we want to look at is our responsibility of receiving the Word. Now, it's all in these verses. And we're going to take those three headings to hang uh, the truths that we discover here in this message tonight. So firstly, the testimony of desiring the Word of God. This is the new birth experience. And it's, it's, it's immediate. The moment that you're born of the Spirit, there is now a thirst for the milk of God's Word. As newborn babes, just as it is with newborn babes, so it will be with the newborn Christian. What does a babe want to do as soon as it's born? It wants to be fed. It almost appears born hungry, ready for that food, that first feed. And that's how it happens when you're born of the Spirit. There is an amazing, hunger for the Word of God. And you become immediately attached to this Bible. Born again, not of incorruptible seed, but of, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, the Word of God. You become a Psalm 1 Christian, like the, the, the tree planted by the rivers of water. And you are that man that desires the law of the Lord day and night, becomes your daily desire. In the book of Hebrews, we're told in the new covenant, a new heart will I give you, and my law will I put in your heart. This is the miracle of regeneration. That's why I kept saying last week, regeneration is radical. When someone says, I am a Christian, we want to see the evidence that they now have a desire and an immediate interest in knowing, searching, obeying the Word of the Lord. Now, having said all this, the Bible is not the object of our faith. 
We could say the Bible is the instrument of our faith, but it's not the object of our faith. If you look at verse 4, it says, To whom coming? If so be, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. To whom coming? The Lord Jesus is the object of our faith. It is the name, it is the grace of the Lord Jesus that thrills our hearts. But we know that this word is the revelation of God's Son. And as we feed on that word, we are introduced to the Savior, and He speaks unto us. Now, in verse 3, you'll notice that He's gracious. If you're born of the Spirit, and you have tasted, if so be, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. That's His mercy. That's His tenderness, that He's kindly and patient and that he satisfies the soul. And that becomes your testimony. And you can say that the Lord Jesus, he is gracious to you. He is, you have tasted, experienced of him. And then in verse 4, to whom come is unto a living stone, indeed disallowed a deed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Precious. The word precious seems to keep reoccurring in this book of First Peter, and it means valuable. Uh, we are redeemed by the precious blood, and now we find our Lord Jesus himself becomes precious unto us. Now, it wasn't always like that with you and me. There was a time that we were like Isaiah wrote of in Isaiah 53, that our Lord was as a, a root out of a dry ground. To us, in our blind, unconverted state, he was unseemly. He was, there was no beauty in him. That was our carnal, unconverted state. And when we heard the name of Jesus, it was almost like an offense to us, unless it was a swear word. But when we are born again of the Spirit, the, the, the very name, the very person of the Lord Jesus becomes very, very precious. Now, you'll notice how that comes about. It says in, uh, where am I at here? Verse 7, same chapter, verse 7. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. So faith opens the window of our soul, enabling us to behold the Savior and evaluate him aright. Before we were converted, we could not even see the Lord. We were blind to him. We were not interested in him. We had no desire for him at all. But now, unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. This is our testimony. If you're born of the Spirit, you can say this tonight. You can put your name right here in 1 Peter chapter 2 and say, hey, that's exactly what happened to me. And now as you tell others about the Lord Jesus, you would have to say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, as I said earlier, it's only a little taste. It's like, I don't know, your wife or mother in the kitchen, and they're baking and cooking, and you walk by, and you dip your finger in the bowl, and take a lick and walk on, and boy, you know what's coming up for the, for, for, for the meal. You know what's, what's cooking. Well, as a Christian in this world, we've just been given a little taste that he is gracious and precious. And in Thessalonians, we're told that when he comes, 
all the saints will admire him, will be wonderstruck of the beauty, the glory of our Lord and our Savior. And our testimony for now is that we just have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Then it'll be a great marriage feast. Then it'll be the marriage supper of the Lamb, and we will enjoy our Lord to the full. You see, this is, this is earth. We've only had a little taste now, and the best is yet to come. That's the one great thing about being a Christian. Whatever we have in Christ tonight, it's only a foretaste of the blessings and the grace and the glory that is yet to come. So that's our testimony. We want now to see then the, the sanctifying power of this word, and we're going to read this as newborn babes, and link it to verse 1. We are called to put away these five ugly things, malice, guile, hypocrisies, envies, and all evil reelings, laying aside all of these things. How do we do it? As newborn babes. You take a newborn babe that's, I don't know, day old, week old. There, there is that little infant in its crib. Can you say there's malice in that child? Can you say there's envy in the child? Can you say the child's a hypocrite? No. Innocency is what marks a newborn child, an infant. And as a newborn babe, there is no malice. Now, there's, we know there's Adamic nature and Adamic sin nature that will soon develop all too soon. But as newborn babes, all of these things are put away. You see, children are so straight up, they wear their thoughts and their moods on their sleeve. It's like driving through the customs. And if you've got a carload of children and you're driving through and uh, the customs officer is going to be asking you all those questions, what do you say to your kids? Now, you just keep quiet. We don't want to hear you piping up. And we're going to ask, answer the question that he asked and then we'll get going. Because we know what kids will be like. Where were you today? And they'll get the whole story from A to Z. Oh, yeah, and what mall did you go to, and what did you buy, and all those things. And they would just open up the whole can of worms. Well, God says to us, we're to be like children, totally honest, totally open. Put away malice. Put away guile. Put away hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings as newborn babes. You don't find those things in the nursery of newborn children. And we are to be babes. In fact, that's the mark of the new birth. It's the mark of a new birth, the newborn Christian. The man, the woman that was deceitful, dishonest, a hypocrite, putting on a front, a show, all that's gone. There's now a genuineness, an openness. And this is how we lay aside all these things as newborn babes and desiring the milk of God's Word. And as we fill our minds with this Word, as we dig into this book and we begin to know what's good and evil, what's right and wrong, what pleases God and what God hates, then we grow in our hatred of sin and our love of righteousness. And of course, we need the Spirit of God to strive in us 
that we may put away all sin. And the Christian life is a life of continually repenting, putting away, laying aside those things that are not according to the will of God. And as we give ourselves to this word, just as little children, as they give themselves to the milk, they grow. They grow stronger. Their faculties develop. Uh, their brain develops. Their uh, ability to express and indicate their wants and desires and their likes and dislikes. They grow and develop as a Christian, as a newborn Christian. You're to be growing. Thank you for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak Today. This is Ian Golliher, and I trust the Lord has ministered to your own soul. If I can be of any personal help, feel free to give me a call or send me an email. We'll be delighted to hear from you. And just to let to know that you're tuning in, that you're hearing the word week by week, and that the Lord is ministering to your heart. Today I'm holding this little book again, Profiting from the Word by Arthur W. Pink. And I'm recommending that Christians uh, get a copy of this just to discover the value and the importance of the scriptures of truth. He states here, the order we follow in this series is that of experience. It is not until man is made thoroughly displeased with himself that he begins to aspire after God. The fallen creature, deluded by Satan, is self-satisfied till his sin-blinded eyes are opened to get a sight of himself. The Holy Spirit first works in us a sense of our ignorance, vanity, poverty, and depravity before he brings us to perceive and acknowledge that in God alone are to be found true wisdom, real blessedness, perfect goodness, and unspotted righteousness. Just a little extract from the book, and uh, if you would like to get a copy of this for a small donation, we'll be delighted to get you a copy of Profiting, from the Word by Arthur W. Pink. Stay tuned with us now for the announcements today. May the Lord speak to your heart, draw near to you, and bless you richly. Thank you for being a part of our program. Do pray for us. Do stand with us here in this ministry. May the Lord bless you richly. Again, thank you for listening to our broadcast here today. If you'd like to hear this program again, or if you would like information about our programming schedules across Canada on various stations, and if you would like the information on how to donate and support this ministry, go to our website, ltbs.ca. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you, as again we let the Bible speak. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 18790 58 Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. On our website you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons and our gospel booklet called A New Beginning. 
There you can find a link to our Sunday services that are broadcast online. For all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of his precious word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer at 7.30pm every Wednesday evening. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day from September to June at 9.30am. You can contact us using our office number which is 604-576-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will lead you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. And this is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today and be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on this station for our full or church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of his word.